0: Welcome to the Who's Number One podcast, the belly of the beast, the den of the Illuminati, the, how's that go? Uh, The official headquarters of the International Crime Syndicate, right? Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: am not Hollywood Mike. Corey Stockton here with you with Chase Smith.
2: Chase, what's going on? What's up, dude? It's It's a weird place to be in here these days. When I left the Who's From (laughs) Role podcast, it was kind of your run-of-the-mill, this is what happened last weekend. Now I'm in, as you said, the the den of the Illuminati. So it feels good. Man, uh, great to be back.
0: We got Connor Joshin in the back manning the YouTube chat, the Discord. If you guys want to join in the conversation, Uh, talk to to us on Discord. Uh, Connor, anybody, uh, let's get a roll call who's in there.
1: Yeah, oh, Steve has joined us in the Discord. I'm not seeing anyone in the YouTube chat, but I think that's on my end. I'm messing things up. So, yeah, we're excited. Uh, I'm three. This is my third cup of coffee for the day. So let's hype it up. I know we got no Hollywood mic, but we can, like, smack ourselves awake a little bit, you know? <laughs> Are you
2: using that espresso machine? I just got the tutorial on that thing, and it is incredible. I'm making americanos now on the fly. Yeah, really?
1: I've,
0: I've been jacked up on espresso since we got it. We, we, we got it a uh, an espresso machine in-house here, and I think... Just in time for Mike Sears to uh, to quit the caffeine, right? Because I
1: think that might have killed him.
2: <laughs> it is idiot proof, I will say. You just <laughs> literally put the thing in the grinder, does it, then it tamps it for you, and then yeah, you hit three buttons and you have espresso.
1: I know they say it's idiot proof, but I, it intimidates me still. I like I'm I'm sticking to the Keurig, and I really am against Keurig coffee, but I'm sticking to it.
0: <laughs> uh, we got something important to talk about, right? Yep. So normally, and oh, Steve, don't ban me for this. We are not allowed to talk about belts on this show typically we got to make an exception today I think um, somebody very important to this show uh, received a very important promotion what was it last week at this point right it was it was on Friday it was the day of Road to adCC we'll talk about that in a minute but I, I think we got to give uh, give Mike's here the shout out uh, let's let's watch him get in his black belt Obviously got from uh, from Carlson Gracie, right, which is a, a huge achievement. That's that's not a, a black belt that just anybody can get.
2: Oh, yeah, it's super cool, man. Michael went white to black under that lineage. Uh, obviously, he's been here in Texas and also lived for a stint in, in Brazil and was training throughout that period, but always sort of had his association there with Carlson Gracie Jr. It's nice to see him. I actually don't know how long Michael's been training. I, I'm, I need to ask him that. I, it's been a long – if you include his wrestling career – Through high school, I believe. I mean, you you have at least over a decade, maybe fifteen years, but not sure how long you guys know how long he's been doing jujitsu for.
0: So this this footage is actually from a uh, a little little documentary that uh, the Heath Pedigo and crew shot, and Mm -hmm. they did a little interview with uh, with Carlson. uh, Carlson said that uh, Mike Sears joined him around 2012, so he's been at least nine years there, but I I imagine a lot longer, um, given all of his time before that.
2: Yeah, well, I believe he was at a Carlson affiliate, right? Right. So he's always been under that banner. But um, yeah, OK, that makes sense. 2012 for the uh, the actual uh, HQ.
0: And if you guys want to see want to see this, footage it's actually a really good documentary. There's a uh, there's an interview with with Mike Sears mom and, of course, with with, uh, with Heath, with Carlson. So
2: some kids photos, too. If you want to see what Hollywood <laughs> Mike looked like before the corruption of LA, <laughs> then, then uh, you can check that out there in that documentary. Really cool that the Daisy Fresh guys and George are, are putting those out. Uh, great evolution of his skill set, right? He's vlogging all the time these days. And th- that's what people need to do, by the way. Just Absolutely. if you, if you want to get out there, make your own media and just get better and better, it'll pay pay dividends.
0: Yeah, the, their YouTube channel is really picking up. It gives you some more behind the scenes. Look in between, uh, you know, watching in between Daisy Fresh episodes and you get a, a really good glimpse
1: onto what it's else true. is going on.
0: Uh, Connor, what's going on in the back?
1: Yeah, man. Everyone's there. They're here. Ricardo's in the chat. Oh, uh, Steve is obviously holding it down. We got Becerra and Kit, man. Everyone's here. Uh, but yeah, everyone in the chat, go check out Daisy Fresh's YouTube. They're doing uh, all the kind of in-between content that you will want between episodes. Like, it's all stacked in there. You can see it. And shout out Hollywood Mike. Uh, I know everyone in the comments has been wondering if Hollywood Mike actually, like, trains. And so, turns out he's a black belt, guys. <laughs> he, he knows what he's talking about. So put some respect on his name. That's right. That's right. Josh Jitsu, Josh
0: Jitsu saying, "Professor Hollywood." It's got a nice
1: ring Oh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I do love it.
0: Also terrified.
1: But. I'm, I'm kind of upset that he didn't wear those shades in the, into the into the black belt promotion. But I get it. I get it. He Michael Sears was being promoted, not Hollywood Mike per se. <laughs>
0: um, we got a lot to talk about, right? Uh, obviously, Road to ADCC this past weekend. Uh, six what I think were wild mashups. Twenty minute, well, twenty minute time limit each. Um, I think we should start with the main event, yeah?
2: Let's get into it. Yeah, it was, it was a ton of fun. Um, uh, I know we have some clips. I don't know if you want to queue this up now or we can get it going. But the main event, uh, it'll be a short clip because <laughs> Kynan really made efficient work of Mateus Denise. A- an incredible achievement when you think about that. Mateus Denise is a reigning ADCC champ. And this is a rule set that he thrives in and kind of was able to just take him out pretty quickly, Corey.
0: Yeah, his his pressure from the top, that first snapdown he opened up with, I think, really set the tone in kind of saying, "Nope, this is my match, you're just here. Um, the, this this foot sweep he hit was, you know, I, I said this uh, a couple of days ago, but it really felt watching it like it was a much longer match. And then when the match was over, I looked at the clock and it said two minutes. I was Absolutely
2: alarmed. See, I had a, I had a totally different experience because uh, when you're in the call, you're kind of in the zone, and I felt it went by so fast. I mean, once it got to the ground, it, we knew Mateus didn't want to be here, right? The last place Mateus Denis wanted to be was on his back, so I was really, really curious what was going to happen next. And for Mate, or for Kainan, excuse me, to drop back on a leg, I was just like it's so interested. Um, This is such an evolution of his game. Of course, we learned earlier in the week that he has committed the last five months to exclusively training Nogi. And then afterwards, says he's chasing the number one pound-for-pound spot, a.k.a looking at Gordon, right. that, that is awesome. what do you guys think about that call out?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm actually working up an, an article about this right now, but the the evolution of Kanan Duarte's sense, if if we look back at his 2019 career, right? He won just about everything there was to win. Right. He won ADCC, uh, he won Spider. he had a world gold medal. There were a, a lot of really impressive performances that he made, but he still had a ways, a ways to go, right? Because in 2018, he lost to Gordon Ryan uh, via submission, and no deep pans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the, the leaps and bounds he's made since ADCC 2019, he's 18 and one. His only loss was Sir uh, Roberto Cyborg Abreu That was by heel hook. And now he's working his heel hooks too. So- yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, the sky's the limit for kind I, I, I really think he has set himself to be one of the most dominant athletes ever. Cause he's still so young and is great in both formats, traditional gi competition, as well as uh, any kind of submission grappling event. And, um, I really hope we get to see him in the the absolute of the ADCC division uh, next year at Worlds. And it's a potential match. For, uh, like, I don't know who is a tough challenger for Kynan right now. I'd love to see Craig, uh, a rematch, right? Because Kainan already submitted Craig a couple <laughs> years ago, Kasai. But Craig has, of course, improved his game dramatically. That was before he was with the EDS. And now uh, y- you can put him, I think, against his old self. And it would be a totally different game. For sure. But, uh...
0: You can say the same about Kynan, too, though. That's right? true. And, and I mean,
2: they, they keep evolving, so it's tough to to pick um, a difficult match for Kynan. I feel like he really is number one, number two yeah. in the world right now.
0: One thing I want to shout out too, because I thought this was really impressive. Kynan's only only been, you know, a black belt since 2018. He recorded his hundredth career win against Matthias Wow! So in in at black belt? Yeah, at black belt. Jeez. So and we're looking at less than three years, right? Because um, yeah. he got promoted on the on the podium at Worlds in 2018.
2: Man, that's. That's something.
1: I, I would like to insert a little bit of really bad jiu-jitsu math because you got to let's at, at some point. But let's compare. Like, Kynan got it done against Mateus and so quickly. Gordon under the same rule set, I don't know if it, maybe it was a strategy thing of him dragging it out. Maybe there was like a, a technical mismatch. But you know, people like to um, compare Gordon and Kynan, and we see it all the time in the comments section. There's a lot of confidence between... Uh, behind Gordon being like just miles ahead of everyone. But, you know, if you use Matthias Denise as the milestone, that isn't particularly the case, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it's. I, I get entirely what you're saying because it does, on paper, it looks like, okay, Gordon took 17 and a half minutes to tap Matthias. Kynan took two minutes and four seconds to tap Matthias. It, it, it doesn't necessarily show that one is better than the other, but it does give us a really good vantage point on to how they play their games, right? Kynan's very explosive. and If he has an opening, he takes it. Gordon really likes to play this kind of boa-constructor game and just you know, work work his way up rather than work his way down, I think, the way Kynan plays. Uh, but uh, really good insight into maybe what to expect if, if they ever run back into each other, which I think everybody's hoping for.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, Gordon's made some stipulations about whether or not that might happen, and I hope that those... Uh, Loosen up a little bit, right? I think we all want to see that match. That's the match the fans are calling for. But uh, of course, Gordon's career at the moment is very much up in the air. He's hopefully going to come back and we would all appreciate that. But um, you never know. I mean, it's all up to how his uh, medical situation goes. Yeah, of
0: course. Uh, Speaking of Ryan brothers and their medical situations, right, Mm. the the co-main event, Nicky Ryan looked absolutely phenomenal against Dante Leon uh, right up until and even after he injured his knee.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think we have uh, a clip here as well for for that match with Nikki Ryan and Dante Leon. But absolutely, you know, one thing that came out on the broadcast was with Gordon there. We asked him, "Is this the Nikki Ryan in the gym?" Because every pre-event promotional period interviews, we hear Nikki Ryan is the toughest guy in the gym for me. He is the uh, fiercest uh, competitor and has basically untapped potential. And each passing event where he has taken home a win, it still hasn't quite met, I think, those expectations that we've been hearing about. I think we saw that, or at least a glimpse of it, uh, at the road to ADCC.
0: Yeah, and, and Nicky's always been been critical of his performances uh, up until this match against Dante, where he, he, even limping off the mat, said that he was very pleased with his performance. And I think it's because, I think he acknowledged that it's because he got to show us what we so often expect to see from him, given the way that Craig Jones and Gordon Ryan and the entire DDS and Nicky Ryan himself hypes him up as the, you know, the toughest guy in the room in in Puerto Rico at DDS, right? Um, I've, I've been very critical of, of Nicky saying that I, I wanted to see more from him. I've been expecting to see more from him. And I, I really think that all of that work paid off, especially against a guy like Dante, who Dante doesn't get beat up like that.
2: No, and we saw basically what Dante's A-game is executed by Nikki, the wrestling up style. And uh, I was still blown away at how clean those takedowns were, right? I mean, he was so deep under the hips uh, on one go. There was no shot, defend, re-shot. It was, boom, I'm coming up and I'm taking you down right now. Really, really impressive stuff. And then, of course, uh, when... Nikki was able to secure the takedown and put Dante on his back, the passing sequences that Nikki mm-hmm. initiated with the body lock stuff was really, really effective. Um, really shut Dante down in, in ways that I, I did not expect at all. And uh, a little bit of inside info here. We had Gordon Ryan drop by the office um, Monday this week after the event. He did some breakdowns and he will be breaking down and analyzing Nikki's passing game. So that should be pretty interesting and coming very soon.
0: One thing that, that really jumps out to me is i can't say there's a one-for-one relationship but i think that um the the thing i've always said about nikki ryan is that he doesn't compete enough to hit the same strides that gordon has has been able to hit right when when gordon was coming up when gordon was an early black belt he was competing every weekend and we just hadn't really seen that from nikki and i I think it could be that because he's on wno seemingly every once a month right Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. that that experience is finally paying off. And it, it feels a little bit then unfortunate that he might be out for some time after what happened to his knee.
2: Absolutely. I mean, unfortunate in all scenarios, but I agree that the ring rest that was so much of a factor throughout Nikki's career for you to take a match and be gone for six months, eight months, take a match um, was maybe fading away. Maybe he was getting into a groove. Uh, so hopefully it, it's as bad as it looked, he certainly, uh was in po- poor shape after the match we had to get kind of wheeled off on afterwards so uh, we haven't heard anything as far as i know about his diagnosis at the moment i'm sure they're going to get that looked at and mri done as soon as possible and make some judgment calls from there but yes I w- i'm really hoping that nikki yeah. gets back quickly connor
0: what did everybody think about this match
1: man i think everyone's happy to see that you know it, it sucks to have some taken out by injury but it's nice to see a guy go out on his shield you know he he finishes up the match and and wins it in impressive fashion, uh, first and foremost. And I think really what stands out is, you know, you take a knee injury like that, usually that, like, I'm on my butt and for the rest of the time until someone drags me off the mat. But I think Nikki was pushing the p- pace in the wrestling uh, front pretty much all the way to the end. Um, yeah, and and I think the chat's super impressed because he was able to do that. You know, this isn't him wrestling up on some guy who doesn't wrestle. This is Dante Leon. So uh, everyone is excited to see it. Uh, but hopefully when he comes back, he is still in the gym, Nicky. You know, I don't want this to be a setback because he will have to take some
0: time. Sure. One thing that really impressed me about the, the strategy of the guard pull, too, was realizing that he was injured, understanding he was up three points. Mm. It made it up five points, I think, right?
2: I think it was, um, actually, I think it might have just been three, but yeah.
0: But he, he had the wherewithal to pull guard and concede a negative point mm-hmm. rather than risk being taken down directly into side control and give up four or taken down a pass and give up you know, four or five.
2: Yeah, great situational awareness from Nikki um, and had to play a very conservative game. But I mean, it's pretty obvious from where we happened to see him walk out with a, a severe limp, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting, though, that some people, like you, you mentioned, that you had looked down at that point because they are resetting. And you missed the limp so you didn't know um at, at that point in the match that nikki had been hurt but... i thought he
0: was gassed out i thought he was mm-hmm. tired and mm-hmm. i was kind of i was a little bit disappointed to see that he had gassed out after 10 minutes and then mm-hmm. i walked yeah. i saw him getting up limping i was you know disappointed for a different reason but sure. also felt a little bit um excited about what nikki was able to show us and Fighting through that, and if you saw, you know, I got a glimpse of the angle the knee went at, and it does not look uh,
2: yeah. Mike Columbus got a great photo yeah. of it. Well, well, I mean, great, it's, yeah, it's, it's a horrible moment, a but sickening, photo. Explicit, yeah, yeah, explicit yeah. Photo. but you can see likely where Nikki um sustained the injury. He was going for that inside trip, kind of takedown, and Dante seemed to be sprawling out kind of on top of the knee, bending away that it shouldn't. And That's how it goes.
0: Let's, uh, let's move on down the card. Obviously, uh, I think maybe the most um, enlightening match of, of the event was uh, Gio Martinez and Mikey Musumacchi, right? I, I, this was the match that I think a lot of people were excited coming in for given um, the implications that this has for Mikey um, and potentially an ADCC future.
2: Yeah, it was definitely my most hotly anticipated match because not only was uh, Geo just an interesting opponent in any format, ADCC rules, and it was Mikey's debut. Uh, He had to wrestle or at least uh, tactically get to the ground on his back in some way, and you could argue perhaps that that was strategy on Mikey's part to get taken down. It looked like a real takedown to me, but maybe he just was prepared to take that because he went straight into this incredible armbar attempt where Gio was able to fight it off. And it looked deep, but from this angle, you can see that the elbow is nearly free. It's right in that sort of no man's land, but I'm sure that was sore the next day. But there were plenty of incredible moments. Uh, Mikey had some good inside heel look, looks as well. Um, but I, I was really impressed, I think, throughout also with Gio. Gio seemed to take some of Mikey's best shots and, and realized that he was not going to get the breaking power required and that emboldened Gio to kind of push his own game. So it was a really, really fun technical bout, and of course we were also given a fair amount of drama after <laughs> the, the match uh, finished up.
0: Yeah, the, the the drama, I think, has been has been blown up all over the place, right? Um, and for good reason. It's not often that we see Mikey Musumechi that that passionate about about really uh, anything except for jiu-jitsu. And,
2: and pizza. So maybe he's
0: passionate about a couple more things. But, <laughs> but it, it is kind of interesting to see him fired up about very many things because I think he takes everything as serious. If he takes it seriously, he takes it very seriously. And this is and, a great back attack
2: yeah, here. Yeah. Um, no, that's a great point. I mean, it, it's a transformative moment in the sport. And of course, we uh, might get into this a bit more detail later. Sets up a very interesting uh, potential match in September, but mm. I won't dive into that quite yet. So but fun, so fun to see. There's, the, the rivalry is far from over, right? This could take place again, yeah. not that long.
0: One thing I want to point, about, uh, point out about this match, because it, it really caught my attention, is when Mikey jumped into the Nogi scene all the way back to the beginning of this year, um, you know, it, it's exciting to watch leg lock Mikey and Nogi Mikey do his thing, but I really wanted to see what his back attack game looked like because that's always been the thing he's best at, right? He's, he's known best for his, his ability to attack his opponent's back. The Baron Bolu sequence is particularly difficult in uh, a Nogi setting. So mm-hmm. while I was impressed to see his leg locks, I really wanted to see exactly this, how Mikey Musumechi attacks the back of a, a very uh, talented opponent.
2: Yeah, and it's that, that Matrix-style game, right? It really It's it's a great bridge between gi and no gi, and I, I find myself using it as well because I'm predominantly a gi player, but you avoid some of the problems of closing the distance uh, with the Barambolo and no gi. It's hard to hold on those hips sometimes. Some guys are great at it, obviously. I'm, I'm sure Mikey can do it as well, but I do feel there's a little bit more control when you play some of that K guard and swing the leg over. Mm-hmm. You have a better bite all the way through. Plus, you can transition to other things, as Mikey was doing too, so. Yeah, I mean Mikey's game is only going to get better. It's scary how much he adds in between appearances, and uh, we know he's going to be absolutely laser focused going into September.
0: Uh, absolutely, and and potentially further on than that, right? There, there could have been some ADCC implications in this match. I know Mikey was invited a couple of times. Um, mm, that's true. Never that's made it out, but this is a good uh, a good argument that he deserves to be uh, invited back again.
2: So I was, I was actually happened to be sat next to. Uh, Mikey and Mo, when they were chatting right after the mat, and Mikey goes, "Mo, Mo, please tell me this is enough for ADCC, Tell me I'm invited." And Mo goes, "I can't promise it yet, but it could happen." So I think I think it wouldn't be shocking, especially if Mikey continues to perform in the coming months. Um, and man, that would just be crazy to see him at, at, at 66 kilos be, world championships.
1: I may be wrong here, but I think Mo later got into the Discord that if you're not in, you should join. I think he later got into the Discord and confirmed that Mikey's I mean, oh, yeah, nice, nice. I I Someone that, in but... the Discord uh, give me screenshots on that before I uh, <laughs> spread the word. <laughs> okay, okay, Connor, speaking of the
0: Discord, what do they think about Mikey, Mikey the ADCC performance, Mikey and ADCC in general?
1: Yeah, we were talking about the rivalry, and the Discord brought up a good point that it just, like, the match itself wasn't wildly close. So, you know, whenever you talk about this rivalry and about a potential matchup in September, my question is, like, okay, but what does Geo do differently to make sure like, you know, it can't be one-sided. So we got to see something different. I don't know where you go against Mikey. I think the whole world has the question of what you do against Snogie Mikey. Uh, but I don't know. Do you guys what, – what do you guys think he does to, to answer? I mean, that is a tough
2: yeah. – <laughs> advice to how to beat Mikey is not my forte, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> I thought Gio did really well, to be honest, and, and what, what, where we saw the momentum really change was towards the end of the match when Gio was down and he went to his feet to pass, right? And I was curious when that was going to happen because mm. Gio himself has often referred uh, to his game as top pressure based. he's a great passer and also can use the truck to take the back and things like that, but when you get to be both of your feet, you, you open yourself up to some entries for some leg locks and the back takes that Mikey he was working, so... It's hard to say, especially in a submission-only format, what to do because you want to push the pace, but if you just sit sit back and trade leg lock attacks, that may be the safer route to win a decision, but Geo doesn't want to do that, so I honestly have no idea what Geo needs to do, let's say, to beat someone like Mikey? It's a tough question.
0: You know, I think he was actually on the right path, uh, given the amount of strategy that I think went went into this match. There was a, an explicit reason that both guys were sitting on, you know, sitting on their butt and playing leg locks for as long as they were after the points period was called, right? It's because the first person to come up was going to get swept and give up two points. So neither guy really wanted to come up because there's no incentive to, and there's a, an explicit incentive against in that you're putting... The other guy in his A game and giving him an opportunity to score. Um, props to Gio for finally saying enough is enough and trying to do something different. Um, but I think, you know, a good strategy might have been convince Mikey he wants to come up.
2: Yeah, yeah, but uh, good luck forcing right. Mikey out of his comfort <laughs> for zone. For sure. Right? Mikey's a very committed competitor to his strategy. So, but I, I, I would love to see it run back. You know, I think, yeah, it wasn't a silly a razor-thin decision or anything like that. Mikey clearly hit the upper hand towards the end of the match, as well as the submission attempts that aren't necessarily rewarded by an advantage or anything. But um, I think is the kind of competitor that could really take this performance and uh, adjust his strategy and come back with something a bit different.
0: For sure. Um, and strategy's a, a huge factor, I think, in, in approaching Mikey. As it was, I think, for, for Anna Carolina up against Liz Clay. And I've got to issue an apology. I think the entire internet was Anna Carolina an apology, right? Because mm. we were all very much in Liz Clay's corner. Um I, given that she was on an eleven match win eleven match submission win streak, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I can understand why so many people were counting Anna Carolina out. But Anna Carolina had the perfect strategy to beat Liz Clay.
2: Yeah, oh, her, her positioning, positioning um Thanks, Kyle, uh, was was absolutely incredible from the passing positions, right? She she did uh, find herself in one tight knee bar that she was able to get out of. And once that happened, we never saw her out of position again. And she was really great at negating Liz Clay's shield, right? Uh, so Liz Clay often gets a foot or at least a knee in front of her opponent and has these crazy flexible hips. Anna Carolina positioned herself in a knee cut uh, passing style that really just completely eliminated that angle and was able to sort of grind her way through to several nice passes. I think only rewarded for one of the passes, but was able to force list to, uh, to turtle and get into a very defensive posture. Um, really, really nice work. And of course she ended the match there with that that arm triangle in, and a completely dominant position. But I, I was really impressed throughout. And I thought her strategy here of using these headlocks to try and help her get through the pass, and of course threaten the sub, um, I mean you couldn't have asked for a, a better game plan.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm curious if if she's kind of written the playbook on how to address Liz Clay's guard because the, the the thing about Liz's guard is that she's so flexible, she's so dangerous and she has a really unique way of setting up her leg entanglements, right? But it's it's dangerous enough that a lot of people don't want to really try to pass her and even if they could they can't. For example, Gabby Garcia couldn't pass Liz Clay's guard in a 15-minute match. Mm-hmm, and she mm-hmm. was she was trying, right? She had had a significant size advantage. Um, she, she couldn't find the way to do it. Do you think Anna Carolina might have given us some insight, given some other people in the field some insight on how to take on a guard like Liz
2: Clay? I mean, you have to be incredibly talented. For, um, I don't think it's a secret how, how to beat someone like Liz. You have to pressure in, but Liz is so good at, at – at, capturing uh, submissions from there. I mean, Anna Carolina did a great job of staying out of the leg lock danger. She like I said, there was that one close moment. And I think if you give uh, the advice of saying "Oh, just pass like Anna did, well, you (laughs) do set people up to get leg locked. I mean, Anna was just very good at staying safe. But here's that moment I was talking about this knee was fully extended Anna had to take i I'm sure a little bit of pressure to before she was able to extract herself Ooh, that looks uh, tight. yeah and then you can see she's working her way through with the knees out right there but uh I think this if any piece of advice would be to try maybe jump on the head like this because that that's no longer just perfect pressing pressure uh passing but a little more opportunistic I think so
1: yeah right. and and we're about to step into the who's number one rule set and so like you know, in something that counts submissions very highly in its scoring criteria, if these guys you know meet again, that that may be something really. Big. Making sure you're latching on, so you're coming out of the pass with a submission attempt already kind of locked in. For you.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting how this match would be different in a, in O rules, right? A D C C rules uh, put Liz, I think, directly on the offensive, being that she was immediately down a point mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. the moment the moment she pulled a guard, she was down a point. Um, she had that knee bar, she had a couple looks at heel hooks, the knee bar was by far the tightest submission she had. Um, that arm triangle and a couple of those geese things could have done enough to steal the show.
2: It would be a very tough decision under WNO format. Um, I still think I would lean towards Anna just mm-hmm. because of the amount of time she spent pushing the pace and dominating positionally, plus the sub attempt at the end. But yeah, I could see potentially Liz being rewarded the win in that match in some ways too under WNO. Uh, and yeah, who knows? We, we still haven't uh, Gotten to that division yet for the September championships? But I wouldn't be shocked if they made their way in there. Who knows? Um, but again, a phenomenal performance there from Anna Carolina Vieira, and I'm looking forward to see Liz Clay back sometime soon as well. I'm sure she'll be back right away.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing uh, this match happen again in the in the near future. Um, there's there's a lot of obviously girls in that division who uh, would be great matches for Anna Carolina or for Liz. Um, mm-hmm. That that division is just so stacked. Um, let's talk about the, uh, 34 to nothing win, uh, Hulk versus William Tackett. Um, I, I think that was, uh, obviously a great display of what Hulk does best, which is smash, smash, <laughs> exactly. Um, it, it was interesting to see how much pressure he was able to put on the guard of William Tackett, who's really capable of of bending his way out of nearly anybody else's passing attempts
2: yeah um it was definitely very familiar and and similar to the way their match played out in November it's aversive which was sub only so no points but uh Lucas was able to pass the card several times and kind of dominate positionally William for his part is super dangerous and and could always you know flip the script and and get a submission uh, attempt in there but Hulk Hulk is just tactically so sound and I think um his choice of of moving into north-south really really eliminates any kind of counters there's no buggy chokes or anything no Hail Marys there and Hulk has a great north-south choke that we didn't really see come into play too much I think he fished for it a couple times but um, what do you guys think? There's a lot of chatter about Hulk putting up 34 and then not really getting close to a sub. Is that a, a worthwhile conversation or are people just a little salty?
0: I mean, he clearly played it conservative, right? He was He was putting himself back in Tackett's guard rather than moving forward. With that said, you have to understand that despite the fact that he might have gassed William Tackett out, despite the fact that he was clearly winning the positional battle, all William Tackett needs is one bite on the leg, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So you can't take so much of a risk that you end up ruining a (laughs) 34 to nothing lead. I think that looks a lot worse than winning and not attacking as much as maybe the audience wants, is
2: blowing that lead. Well, I would say definitely losing by submission would be worse, no doubt there. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think William, of course, was also shelling up a bit towards the end, which makes it infinitely hard to get a sub. you kind of need to, and I feel like Nogi especially, is harder to force the submission. You, you have to try and uh, get to the back. And, uh, I don't know. It, it can be very tricky, and William's uh, quite talented, right? Quite talented at defense, so. Yeah,
0: worth noting that William Tackett hasn't lost by submission yet in his uh, in his black belt career. Or uh, even before that, he got his black belt recently, right? But mm-hmm. in his, let's call it pro career.
2: Pro career. There you have it. So no easy task to get someone like William to tap, and um, I think Hulk just played it smart, took home the W.
0: Connor, what's the, uh, what's the Discord thinking about that matchup?
1: Honestly, the Discord's given a lot of props to Hulk, and I think they recognize that this is just a different game than who's number one. Who's number one, like, we we push that culture of shooting for submissions and always trying to finish. But, you know, what we saw at Road to ADCC was its points. So uh, I think Hulk played a great game. Discord gets it. You know, I think everyone's big big at fans. It's hard to see that, uh, you know, go down. He's still one of the best in the world. But, man, Hulk is like... His entire game is specialty built for adCC
0: God, uh, Bassera brings us up. Um, I think a lot of us were very much in in favor of Craig winning or or uh, picking Craig to win when that matchup was was the one on the cards. Does this make Hulk look better? Does this make Hulk maybe maybe the favorite in a matchup against Craig Jones? We still haven't seen that match, right? They've booked it three times. It's mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's fallen apart three times, but. I think the closer we get to that match eventually happening hulk is looking better and better and better
2: well the adcc format really makes this a a, a much closer match than i think um some people who call craig a strong favorite uh, might might factor into that because hulk will be given the chance to play very outside very cagey and maybe push um you know, he could also try to pull guard, for example, before points start, and then force Craig to be on top. There's a whole lot of strategy that would factor in that match that would not be the case at something like Who's Number One. So I think Who's Number One, Craig would be a strong favorite because he is just going to be going for the sub all the mm. time, and Hulk will have to engage. And any kind of takedowns don't matter. You know, Hulk is a positional player, and if you eliminate the reward, well, that makes it very hard, right? But um, I think in ADCC, Hulk, like Connor mentioned, his game is is perfect for it, and Craig is just not. Craig's is not, uh, we saw his wrestling versus Ty and it wasn't exactly um, pushing Ty all over the mat. There were some good exchanges there. It was one that got on the ground where Craig really kind of, I think dominated the pacing of that match. But if you put Craig and Hulk in a wrestling match, I think Hulk wins that. So it'd be interesting to see how it played out. But I think Hulk st- stands a great shot under ADCC rules.
0: Hopefully that that is a match we get to see um, e- in either rule. set, would be interesting in both rule sets would be great. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But especially ADCC 2022, uh, Hulk is clearly eyeing the 88 division, which is where Craig took silver. So it'd be great to see that.
2: I think there's a strong shot of it. Absolutely.
0: Uh, speaking of the 88 division, we, we got a uh, kind of a, maybe a catch weight. I, I don't know what you'd call this, but Roberto Jimenez is is clearly eyeing up the 88 division. Um, and Cade Rotolo could really be anywhere, right? 66, seven, maybe not 66, but 77 or 88, depending on where Ty goes. Um, this, for me, was the match of the night. No questions asked. Maybe the sub in the night, too
2: yeah and we're already calling it a potential match of the year i mean nonstop action the first the first ten minutes I felt like were just completely insane um credit to Cade for taking this match on four days' notice and really making it extremely competitive. This opening arm bar <laughs> was so sick. I was jumping out of my chair. Roberto did a great job of defending uh when I was watching it live the arm looked a little further extended than it actually was mm. i mean it's it's tight, but I think roberto w- was you know not as much danger as my initial viewing but really interesting throughout and both guys are just so freaking good at jiu-jitsu it's terrifying
0: really fun to see roberto playing kind of a loose game he can sometimes be be a little bit tight depending on his opponent maybe not open up as much as we like to see him but he's absolutely at his best this is a great example of it he's at his best when he's able to just loosen up and go with the flow um clearly i think his jujitsu matches his personality well
2: oh the scrambler is so fun his match and this really is is a match that you should show people when you're talking about <laughs> what adcc hopes to accomplish right. so the the points and no points periods can get kind of complicated and some people don't don't know why they are there well this is why they want to give people the freedom to move uh openly really really just go for the sub not be too concerned about positional play that has evolved over the years into a very strategic way to make your to make your way into the points period but when you have two guys that are not so interested in, in strategy and rather just fight to the death basically well you get a match like this and uh yeah it really was paid off well for the fans of course we were all very very sad that andrew wilty wasn't able to be there but we were hoping that the first match would be exactly like this and just kind of set the tone for the night. And I, I think you could not have asked for a better better result, very or at least a better uh, entertainment.
0: You know, I don't want to take anything away from Kid Ritolo, obviously. Mm-hmm, he took this mm-hmm. match on four days' notice. He was fighting up in weight. Um, but I wonder how much... So his game, in my opinion, relies a lot on breaking his opponent first and then doing kind of what he wants to do. Um I, I wonder if it was a mistake to play this open against Roberto knowing that nobody's going to break Roberto's cardio.
2: Um nah, not at all. I think that's his game, you know. Um and he had some great looks, you know, uh that armbar for, for one yeah. comes to mind, some sweeps were right there. I would say Roberto was never besides that armbar and and a complete danger, but I think Cade brought the right mentality and um I think It was so wild that if you ran it back again it could play out differently right
0: and you know i i said the word mistake but i don't think it's ever really a mistake to uh to fight like that on adcc or who's number one Mm -hmm, matt mm -hmm. i think any anybody who has watched who's number one or the road to adcc show knows that that's what we want that's what we're looking for that's what's going to get you invited back so 100 percent, props to cade i'd love to see it come out and fight like that every single time um and that's that's the way he does and that's that's why he keeps coming back
1: yeah, losing an explosive match much cooler than winning a boring one. Absolutely. Yes. Yes.
0: What's uh what's everybody's take on it back in the Discord?
1: Man, Mikey K thinks this is match of the night 100%, but you know, I think we're the bigger question is is it match of the year? But honestly, so many of Kade's matches end up having that question mark around them. It's hard to, you know, not just be biased and give it to him every time he takes the map. Um, <laughs> yeah. But everyone's excited. I don't think anyone's joining in too much right now, but if uh you're not already in there join the discord horde or at least throw some stuff out there because later in this uh segment i think we'll eventually be uh, giving some shout outs to our favorite uh, members of the community so join Mm -hmm. in
0: speaking of uh cade rotolo uh, earlier this week we uh we started releasing some of the names in the uh the 155 pound division for the who's number one championship on september 25th and 26th and man I'm so excited to release the rest of these two names, so the, the rest of the bracket, so mm-hmm. that we can actually talk about this whole thing because it's wild and we know who's coming up, but every time I see the name get announced, every time I see a new name get announced, I get chills.
2: It's been hard to keep this under our hats for the last two months, basically. I mean, the project has been in, in the works for over a year, but now we've we've narrowed down the field and we're releasing the names, the divisions are starting to take shape. And yeah, I feel I feel like we're just really uh, running on some serious momentum here, coming out of the road to ADCC. And of course, um, today we are, our last announcement of this afternoon was Ethan Krellenstein here joining. If we read off the list, Mike Musamichi, Cade Ruitolo, Chio Martinez, Diego Pato Aldevera, Colabate, and of course Ethan. So. I love this division. 155 is so crazy, and um, I, I think some names shock people, right? Like, Kolobate uh, is definitely, as uh, Hollywood Mike put it, nuclear bomb, right? No <laughs> one expected Kolobate, 16-year-old blue belt, to be jumping in to the most prestigious event of the year. And uh, what, do you guys, what do you guys make of that?
0: Yeah, you know, if you look at, you know, some of the comments on, on – on the post that we made about Cole being in the bracket. There's a lot of people that are not counting the 16-year-old blue belt out of this by mm-hmm, any means, mm-hmm. even if it's against Cater Tolo, Mikey Musa. I mean, the top guys at 145, the top guys at 155, some of the top guys at we 135, um, doesn't matter. Cole is ranked number 10. He's a blue belt. He's a teenager. But according to the, you know, the fans, the people that are, are tuning in to watch this, he's got every bit of a chance.
2: I believe it. And uh, it's worth noting by the way that the rollout of these names do not correspond to a bracket. So the bracket has yet to be released yet or even finalized. So um, don't read too much into the list or the release dates. It's just who's in the division. And 155 is freaking crazy. So we'll, let, let's just throw out some dream batches though, right? Like uh, I could think of probably 10 different matches I'd love to see here already. But what, what, what jumped out to you? What would you want to see?
0: Uh, I mean, there, there's... And maybe, Connor, yeah. throw it
2: out to the Discord as well. Yeah,
0: I, I want to hear the, the Discord Discord's input on this. But for me, I think the, the number one match that I want to watch is Cade Rutolo and Mikey Musumeci, Both coming off of uh, really exciting performances. Both having, in my opinion, career years. I think mm-hmm. Cade Rutolo mm-hmm. is having the best year of his career. And Mikey Musumeci is really reinventing himself, so I want to see what that looks like now. They're both kind of on a collision course for me.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think Mikey versus anyone on this list is is a curiosity. I would love to see Cole Abate versus uh, Ethan Krellston, to be honest. I think that's an insane matchup. going to be super physical, uh, some really exciting, I think, wrestling exchanges as well as whatever we see on the ground, and uh, it'll be a serious test for Cole, right? Because I mean, Ethan's one of the very best in the world, and uh, I just don't know how it's gonna play. Out. I don't know what we would actually see in that yeah,
0: match. Yeah, and that matchup particularly strikes me as you know Ethan is a strong human being. So yes, exactly. You know, so is Cole. Yeah, if you
2: think Cole a year ago, and you know of course he's sixteen. Th- that's what happens, right? But yeah, it's freaking
0: awesome <laughs> <laughs> watching. I th- I think we're we'll gonna see how 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 Cole does against a grown man because I think as far as that division goes, Ethan is probably the best definition of like man strength, right? He's, he's really... He's seriously strong. I yeah. can confirm this. <laughs> yes. Um, Connor, what's, uh, what's going on in Discord chat? How does uh, everybody feel? I, I want to hear some maybe uh, favorite potential matchups.
1: Man, everyone's excited about Mikey versus pretty much... Anybody? Yep, yep. You know, uh, Mikey versus Ethan was the first one. Our boy O. Steve pointed out, which I'm a big fan of that one. Any, any Mikey versus anyone that physically tries to take the match over, I'm about. We also got uh, Cade Mikey, and I think that's a very similar. Uh, seeing Cade try and wrap up some some Darces or whatnot, trying to pass Marky, Mikey's guard would be so fun. Uh, there's some people that think Ethan versus Cole wouldn't turn out so well. Uh, but Boo. yeah I know I mean we got everything we got Cole versus Gio we got uh, Ethan versus Cade I'm 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 excited about it I think the who's number one discord chat thinks this is going to be one of the one of the bigger events we've probably ever seen
0: you know that's a really good point would love to see that Ethan versus uh, Ethan versus Cade uh, rubber match I guess it's not really a rubber match right Cade Kate, Kate won both but mm-hmm. um, the, but they're very the close rematch. matches yeah right.
2: and Ethan of course wants that one back um, he wants both of them back. Sure. Uh, you got Gio Martinez versus anybody. I think people may be sleeping on Pato a little bit. Pato, of course, won Nogi pants, submitting everyone along the way, uh, including uh, some, some super high-level grapplers like Josh Esnero. Savage Knee Bar. Savage Knee Bar. Uh, I think he's going to turn some heads, maybe shock some people. So... It, it's already just with these uh six names really shaping it really important
0: side. to note too the format of this event right it's not a single elimination so if you lose in the first round mm. you move on there's a consolation bracket so every one of these athletes who wants it and if they're on this card i imagine they all want it has a chance to wrestle their way back to third place
2: yeah and it's a true third place so that's Going to create some really spicy matchups as well. Let's not forget it's going to be held over two days. You know, the opening round in the morning on Saturday, we have the semifinals in that uh, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. Sunday kicks off with the consolation bracket and then leads us to the finals. So,
0: the, the in my my opinion, the biggest event in grappling history probably ever. I mean, at, at least up there with maybe. Uh, an- another event or two, but biggest prize money ever, right? A quarter million dollars given away across five divisions. We're going to be releasing the rest of the divisions after this week. This week is 155 Next week, we're talking about the women's 115 which, in my opinion, may be the best division in this entire thing.
2: It's super spicy. You guys are going to lose your minds when some of the names come out. And yeah, I was very happy to be uh, putting up uh, some serious cash for the winners here. $40,000 to the champ, and then uh, second and third also get some money. So it's is gonna change the game and i'm really really excited to like i said finally be rolling out the names we've been sitting on these names for a little while it's like oh my god let's just get to it let's go let's go so um this is a focus now this is what we're up to
0: so just uh one more quick run through 55 this week 115 next week then we'll do men's 185 we got the women's heavyweight after that and the men's heavyweight will be the final final one to go um we got lots of lots of cool content coming out with some of these athletes that's where uh, mike and reed are right now
2: yep they're out there in vegas and going to california meeting with some of the athletes that are on the show and um you'll be seeing all
1: that stuff pop up on the site and app very soon
0: Let's uh let's talk Discord Horde real quick. Any uh anybody need a shout out? Yeah,
1: shout out to Shoya Roll and Heel Hooks. Uh, he's in there. He got quad gold at IBJJF Chicago Open. Nice. I don't know how you get quad gold, but apparently he's a freaking killer. Wait, an absolute gi and no gi, buddy. That's yeah. Not... Well. Uh. Oh yeah, I forgot. I guess that would be gi and no gi. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes mm-hmm. more sense. Uh. Yeah. And we had DK BJJ. He came into town for the. Uh, for the Gordon Ryan seminar. I'm not sure if he was over at the uh, the Road to ADCC event, but he got to join and hang out with everyone. Uh, make sure if you guys are in town, like whether you're part of Discord or just the YouTube chat and you end up coming to one of these events, come find us, say what's up, you know, we'd love to give you guys a shout out, so.
0: We got one going out to to uh, Judo Bruno, Bruno Regan, uh, finally got his purple belt after uh, winning Panzer Blue Belt back last year. That's right, right
2: that's right. Absolute champ, so, right?
0: Yeah, big man. He's uh, He's what he say six three three fifty, but he moves like a he moves like a small man. He was like a middleweight.
1: Yeah, and he has no problems with throwing you. No matter <laughs> no matter who you are, I have seen him toss around uh, pretty much everyone. you off everyone. on that judo, Bruno.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's something to watch for sure, and kind of shake things up there. Purple belt, yeah.
0: guys. Anything else going on before we wrap this up?
1: uh i don't i don't really think so i think we got the uh, what just a little bit of content to tease because we got some big stuff going on tomorrow right? yeah uh tomorrow the dds in puerto rico episode
0: three that that comes out live on the site at what time is it noon
1: yes let's go yes
0: dropping it at i think noon uh noon yep so uh we'll uh we'll roll out on this but take a look at the trailer.
2: What are we doing right now, Nikki? We have a little uh, beach wrestling tournament.
1: You know what I'm Come on. You got us in the car almost crashing, like, six times. So Dude, that'll be I good. felt like Nikki, so, how's my driving? It's awful. You know, we don't really chit chat around,
2: so it's 45 minutes in and out, hard training.
1: 100 reps should not take more than two minutes.
2: Cries of pain and agony in <laughs> the, the trailer.
1: I'm excited. This could be awesome. up tomorrow, yeah, and that'll be noon Eastern time, and we'll do 11 a.m. Central time.
0: I tune in for that. We'll be back next week. We can talk about next week. We can talk about the rest of these two guys. We'll uh, we'll be announcing them uh, tomorrow. The, the rest of the division, uh, and we'll be able to start talking about the women's 115. Uh, guys, tune in next week. Corey Stockton.